Hello everybody, I am your Game Master, Spencer Borup, here to introduce to you the Gathering of the Ages podcast. Now this podcast is about six friends coming together and playing a little game called Pathfinder. This was created by a company named Paizo back in 2008, and then the very first rulebook came out in 2009. Pathfinder is a tabletop role-playing game, or RPG for short, which means that you create a character and then play that character in a game setting. Uh, sure, there might be dice rolls and combat sessions and mechanics that you have to learn, but at the same time, the real meat of Pathfinder is the role-playing, becoming someone else and then stepping into their shoes. The particular story that we will all be playing is the Carrion Crown Adventure Path, and this was Paizo's very first horror adventure path. Though, So think Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that's what the Carrion Crown kind of is. I will be joined on this adventure by five other people who are very dear to me. You could say they're my family or something. They are my good friend, Zacharias Bywater, who is the seasoned veteran of the group, my older brother, Philip Borup, my beautiful girlfriend, Jessica Patton, who for some reason stays with me even when I come up with these crazy ideas like, let's do a podcast. My younger brother, Zachary Borup, who we lovingly refer to as the Tiny, which ironically enough, he is the largest member of the family, so it doesn't quite fit, but it still sticks. And then the last, but certainly not the least member of the group, is my mother, Tracy Borup. She's the matriarch of the Borup clan. Now, there is a stigma that goes around when you hear about RPGs like Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder. Our mission statement is to prove to you guys that RPGs are for everyone. Now, the last thing I have to get into is probably the most boring part of this intro, but kind of necessary. We hope that you guys like this enough to share it with people so that you can help us gain traction and show them that, look, RPGs, you can play this with me. Let's do this together. So if you want to get into contact with us, uh, leave us a little bit of encouragement, tell us what we could improve upon, or just say hi. We'd really appreciate it. You can email us at, get, at podcast at gatheringages.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Gathering Ages or look us up on Facebook, Gathering of the Ages. The biggest thing that you can do is go to the website and share the website because the website has everything on it. It has episodes, pictures of the NPCs and maps that we're going to be using, as well as pictures and brief bios about all of the people playing this game. The cast, if you'd say. So we really encourage you to go there, and that is gatheringages.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to join us on this adventure. And without further ado, I, w I present to you The Gathering of the Ages. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Gathering of the Ages. Hooray! Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Wow. We made it. Dead crowd today, everybody. <laughs> the night's still. Where they say, he walks in the Valley of Turbulence. And nobody says anything until the guy goes, hooray! <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go around the table and introduce ourselves, as well as the characters that we're playing. 
so I'll go first. My name is Spencer Borup, and I am your soon-to-be favorite GM. Um, what that means is I'll be running everything. I have a lot of roles to do. Uh, you'll hear my voice a lot. So next up is is Zachary Borup. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Spencer's little brother, and um, I play Parid, the half-orc slayer. I got a drop for half orc. That was uh, Big Zach, our our sound guy. Uh, uh, Zachary, what does Perod look like? He, uh, I believe. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm unprepared. Somebody did do their homework. I'm sorry. <laughs> Busted. We're docking your experience. Forgot his measurements. I'm sorry. <laughs> measurements. I want his measurements. He is seven foot nine inches tall. He's 260 pounds of pure muscle. He has very scruffy beard, and yeah, he's okay. better than all of you. Have you cast Perod? I have not. Okay, that's your homework for next episode. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is. Uh, Zacharias Bywater. All right, my name is Zacharias, as you've already heard, and I play Marcus Rythen, the charlatan human rogue. And I got a drop for rogue. I can rob you blind and bring it to your knees. Oh, it's a code of the road. Thank you for that, Zacharias. Right, and uh, if I had to pick an actor to play Marcus, it would be, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, Jason Statham, circa revolver, like a shoulder-length brown hair, sweet handlebar mustache, the works. Okay. I love how you're like, if I had to, but you've had that <laughs> actor for months. Yeah. If I had to, I guess. If you guys are going to make me, I mean. Zacharias is probably the most prepared person at this table right now. Damn straight. I beg to differ. Next up is my older brother, Philip. Philip, tell us about your character. My name is Philip, and I play Min, the halfling time witch. He is. Oh, yeah. Come on, <laughs> He is three foot nothing. Uh, he is something of a cross-dresser, and by that I mean he is trying to wear boy and girl clothes at the same time. And he could easily pass for a human child. And does so, to his advantage, a lot. And do you have an actor? I don't really like casting people, but if I had to, I'd go with a young Asa Butterfield. Okay. Like back when he was cute in Hugo. <laughs> cute in Hugo. All right, uh, next up is Tracy Borup, the mom. Hello, I'm the mom. I play Artrilla, who is three foot three gnome with gorgeous full locks of bright pink hair, like the brightest pink you can think of. She has beautiful brown skin, kind of like the color of wet sand, emerald green eyes, so she's gorgeous, by the way. Cute little figure. She's 60 in gnome years, but in... Because she's living such a full life, she's really only reached about the age of 17, I think. Um, excited to play her. She's a bardic norm, so she's got some gnome. Norm. 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 I got a drop for the bardic norm. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to kick some ass, bard. 
Mine is nowhere near as cool as everybody else's drop. So I'm just saying that right now. I want a cooler drop. And I'm just excited to play. This is my very first game ever. Yay! Yay, Yay for the mom! Hooray! And last but certainly not least is my girlfriend, Jessica Patton. Hi, I'm Jess. I play a character named Lyra Silfire. She's a half-elf cleric. Um, she's very tall. She's 5'9", has long silvery hair and gold eyes, very fair, pale complexion, and, of course, the long pointy ears. Thanks. All right, I got a drop for cleric. When you're all messed up, who's there for you? Oh, oh, the cleric. Thank you. You're right, Mom. Yours was pretty lame. I know. Mine is the worst of everybody. because we're better I'm than I'm very you. disappointed. Okay, I need I, a I better gnome drop. I got a gnome, gnome one. I can, I can Please, drop the gnome. Let's, let's, let's judge it. da da do da Actually, I like that one much better. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Soundbard. <laughs> All right. Who's ready for an adventure? Yeah! Huzzah. <laughs> so you guys find yourself at the gates of a small cemetery, and uh, the weather today um, doesn't quite suit the mood. Uh and the reason that all the characters are here is because a dear friend, Professor Petros Lorimore, has passed away. Now, before the adventure begin, began, uh, his daughter, Kendra, sent each of the players out a letter. Does anybody have their letter? I do. All right. Would you read what Kendra sent to all of you? <coughs> Lovely. Nice. Lovely. All right. This was Min's letter. Dear Min, you may not know me, but I know you. My name is Kendra Lorimore. I am the daughter of Professor Petrus Lorimore. I am writing this letter with a heavy heart to inform you of my father's death. The circumstances surrounding his passing lead me to believe it was all but an unfortunate accident. My father loved learning so much so that he often found himself in varying amounts of trouble. It seems this last expedition of his was meant to be his last. Before my father's passing, he would tell me bedtime stories of the different adventurers he encountered in his travels. You were one of the many, but something about you must have made you stand out from the rest, for one of his wishes was that you would attend his funeral. He hoped that you would carry his casket as a pallbearer and lay his... Shut up, everybody. <laughs> You're a freaking halfling. It makes no sense to me. Anyway, <laughs> casket as a pallbearer and lay his body to rest one final time. My father's funeral will be held on the 10th of Arast, 4717, in the town of Ravengrow. I would so love to meet you and hope that you hear my father's plea and attend his funeral. I know even though he is gone, his legacy and his teachings will never be forgotten. With much admiration, Kendra Lorimore. So they received these letters, and and uh, I kind of like to get uh, an idea of what was going through the, the characters' heads when they received this. Um, let's start with Perrod. What was Perrod thinking when he received this letter? So, it's a little complicated, but... Uh... I guess I could go a little into my uh, backstory. 
so my character Parad is very used to loss, so I don't think it affected him quite as much as maybe some of the others. But um, I do, I do think that somewhere he feels like a little bit of grief for the professor, but um, I don't, I don't think he's sad in a way. Um, he just kind of. I think he just wants to get everything kind of over with, in a sense. Um, so, yeah. Turn it down a little bit. <laughs> uh, what, is, what is going through Marcus's head? Um, honestly, he's a little confused. <laughs> I just got all, ice all over my ass. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that's an odd thing to go through. Uh, <laughs> first thing to go through your head. <laughs> Your dear friend is dead. There's ice all over me. <laughs> all over my butt cheeks. <laughs> my frozen rectum of despair. What kind of relationship did you and the professor have? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Um, Marcus is probably, he's feeling a little confused. I mean, he met this guy literally once before, and it's, he's... Probably, he probably barely remembers the guy. So, okay. yeah. So, uh, confusion. Yeah, confusion. It's confusion with Marcus. Uh, what's going through Min's head? Min's kind of weird about death. It's not that he can't cope with it so much as he kind of ignores it. So even though the professor's gone, he's still talking about him, like, in the present tense. Okay. And, uh... What is going through Artrilla's head right now? Artrilla has seen death, but has never really been affected by it because even her family raising her was just any gnome who happened to be around. So even though her parents were there, so she really doesn't have a lot of connections with people. So a death to her was just another passing, you know, they're going on to their wherever they believe they go on to. So she's not really affected, but because she was so close with a Professor, she's starting to feel a little bit different and is wondering why. And maybe she's been missing on out, on, out on something through her life. Okay. And Lyra, what's going on in Lyra's head at the moment? Um, Lyra has been around for a long time. Uh, she may seem young, and in human years, it's it's a very long time. I think she's been around about 100 and I think I did the math right, 118 Sorry. or so years of human lives. So she's seen a lot of death and dealt with people passing and doesn't feel the impact as much as the average person would. But um, her experience with the professor was um, a strong one. So she does feel honored with the invitation and is excited to attend. Okay. Um, so, you, so you guys, like I mentioned before, you guys are all kind of gathered at the at the gates of the cemetery. Um, there's a, a few people standing around. Uh, some of them look look like upper class citizens. Uh, there's a there's a couple uh, uh, lower class citizens, and then uh, a, a young woman who you guys assume to be uh, Kendra, and her eyes are red from. Uh, from crying, but at the moment she's keeping her composure together, and you know she's trying to to maintain steady for the 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 few people that that came out to her father's funeral. Um, and when you guys arrive, you it strikes you as odd that there aren't more people here. Um, y- you wonder maybe maybe the word didn't get out well enough, um, or or 
other reasons you, you aren't quite sure, but you you guys you guys just notice that the crowd seems small for the for uh, the reputation that Professor Lorimore had, and uh, there's about uh, I think there's like five people standing there and uh, and Kendra, and they're all just kind of they're kind of waiting like not a lot of talking. It's it's a funeral like so you know a lot a lot of everybody's sad. But uh, they're they're grieving in their own way, and uh, Kendra sees you all approaching. Um, I'd I'd like to imagine you guys kind of just arrived at the same time, roughly, and you guys are just kind of approaching the cemetery, and and she notices all of you, and 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 then you see her face, the look of recognition on her face, and uh, because like it mentioned in the letter, her father used to tell her stories about all of you, and so. So you, the look on her face is just that of recognition and admiration. And uh, you guys kind of trickle in. Uh, and, and once everybody's there, she, uh, she, you know, kind of calls everybody to attention and, and, uh, and thanks everybody for being there. She, Thank you all so much for coming today. It uh, means the world to me, and especially my father, even though he might not be here. I know that, that he would have wanted this. And I'm so glad that that all of you received the letters I sent out and she gestures to the five of you. I'm so glad that you're that you were all able to attend. I know my father really wanted it. Um for and and it is so nice to finally be able to meet you all. And and I'm I'm just so happy that you're all here. Uh we we would like to proceed with the funeral uh, and and by by custom here in Ravengrow, we we take our dead through the cemetery, uh, and the, the pallbearers carry the, the coffin, and uh, they carry the coffin, and leading the procession through the, the cemetery known as the Restlands, down the Dream Wake. It is just a small gravel path, and and once we finish our, our journey on the Dream Wake, we turn on to the Eversleep, and my father's grave is at the end of that, and, and according to custom, we will we will carry the casket there, and we will all walk there. Uh, so, the five of you, if you wouldn't mind, would you please approach the casket? All right. Marcus approaches one of the Pauls, and he's like, of course, it's custom to haul a 500-pound casket two miles. And at this point, Artrilla also reaches back in her little pack and pulls out a type of a harness that goes over her shoulders, reaches up. It's made of really sturdy wood. And it goes over her head and under the casket so that she can actually hold it because she's only three foot three. Okay. So it kind of reaches up and she's got a little adjusting there to do, but she gets it so that she can actually bear some weight on this gasket. Okay. Is, how's, how's Min doing? Is he, is he holding on at all? He's pr- uh, His hand is straight up in the air. That's the only way he can reach the handle after everybody uh, lifts it. Uh, it's probably more of a... Moral moral support gesture than anything. He's not doing any <laughs> lifting at all. In fact, if they lift it any higher, he's going to be like just hanging on. <laughs> little black and white stocking feet are just going to be kicking <laughs> in, in the air. So uh, she she uh, gestures over one other person, and uh, uh, he he. Hold, grabs onto the casket with you. There's room. There's room enough for six people to hold onto it, and the handles on it, uh, three on each side. Um, and he comes up and he he grabs onto it, and and Kendra 
on the count of three. One, two, three, and you all lift the casket off the ground safely, and, and you begin your journey down the what she called the dream wake. And it really is just a just a gravel path, uh, not much to it. The cemetery itself is is fairly plain, um, and uh, not a, not a lot to it. It's just it's just nice, calm, peaceful cemetery. Um, the best way to describe it is just think of a small town cemetery. Um, there's there's uh, there's quite a few people buried here, but but nothing too extensive. And uh, so you you continue down the path and. And as you approach the the end of this path called the Dreamwake, you you see something odd off in the distance. Uh, roll a perception check. Nine. Whopping seven. Nine. Wow. <laughs> Twenty-eight. Holy cow! Oh. It's because he's tall. Yeah. He's taller than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have fourteen. Okay, so. Lyra and uh, Parad, you two notice off in the distance that there's Hold this. On. I, I rolled Marcus's, but I rolled something <laughs> oh, special. I rolled something very, very, very special. Metro one, Metro one. <laughs> <laughs> Our first natural one. <laughs> Marcus, the night off Marcus is just standing there. He's like, "What? You guys see what? There's something off in the distance. What are you guys going on, guys? We're at a funeral right now. What?" Now, Marcus right. is uh, he's he's like struggling. He's lifting the casket, but he's he ha- he is not very strong. He's in horrible shape. <laughs> So we're being, pla- <laughs> being played by Jason Statham. He is in horrible shape. He's so like Jason Statham after fifty hot dogs. <laughs> let's, just say, let's just say the gnome is stronger than than your character. There. I think you and might actually be. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's pretty great, Marcus. You you fatty. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so uh, Parad and Lyra, you guys notice off in the distance that there's this this crowd. And it doesn't look quite right. It doesn't look like they're there for a funeral or anything. It almost looks like a mob that they, you guys can kind of, you can see some torches, the flame of torches in the distance, as well as the glint of sunlight off of metal. And it appears that they're holding pitchforks. And you guys aren't sure why there would be this mob at the, at the professor's funeral. And the closer you get, you you do realize that that it is a mob. And uh, the guy in front. He steps out in front of the the procession and stops it in its tracks. Halt! You'll not take a step further. We don't want him buried here. Take him down the river. You'll burn his body somewhere else. All right. Uh... Marcus is gonna step up, like breathing heavily. He's he's, <laughs> he's completely winded and and he just wants to let the, go of the yeah, casket. Yeah, he, he lets go of the casket. Like, excuse me, I did not haul that casket all the way here for you to tell me I can't bury him. And Marcus is gonna. I don't know what would I roll to <laughs> roll a roll a diplomacy check, just to make him feel bad. For yeah, him. just to make him feel bad for you. <laughs> okay, diplomacy. Oh, thank God, it's one of my good ones. He's not that heavy. What's your problem? Says <laughs> <laughs> the one not doing. That's anything. a uh, <laughs> that's a twenty-one. Okay. Uh, Kendra Kendra steps up and she 
she puts your her hand on your shoulder and and uh, thank you, Marcus, for for doing that for being so brave. Gibbs, what are you doing here? And uh, this man who you've learned his name is Gibbs. He's he's a he's a redheaded. Like kind of ugly. Oh, it's always the gingers. farmer. He's he's like wearing really dirty clothes. His boots are really muddy, and you could tell that that he's you know he's had his fair share of hard work. He's an older guy as well. You can tell that he's he's getting up there in years, and uh, and he he just he just looks really angry. Like I don't even is his expression is just just really really mean looking, and and. uh Kendra steps up and she asks him what he's doing there. He says, "We don't want his kind buried here." And Kendra, what what kind is that, Gibbs? Necromancers. And she kind of turns around and looks at all of you. Like, what what do we do now? Necromancer or not, I did not haul him all the way. We're <laughs> still going with that, are <laughs> we? Still, still going with that. <laughs> Did his diplomacy not work? <laughs> no. Oh, let me oh. roll dimples, diplomacy then. You want? That's the wrong that. dice. Oh, what do I roll for diplomacy? D twenty. I thought that was no, my D twenty. That's a D twenty. Oh no! Did we I got such a yeah. bad roll on my other thing. Okay. Did we mention this learning. is this is our mom's first campaign? <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna roll the D twenty. <laughs> I still didn't do that good. <laughs> I only got... Well, I got 12, so I, I didn't even do good as Marcus, no. so... But she went up to him and said, Let us through, please! That's all. <laughs> she performed her best puppy dog eyes yeah, ever. and it didn't work, so... You can tell that the mood is kind of hostile right now. They obviously don't want him buried here. And uh, Gibbs takes another step forward, and he's kind of brandishing his pickaxe. Do any of you... What, what, what are you guys doing? Uh, Min's going to step up and say... If you really think Petros is a necromancer and dangerous, do you really think it's smart to make his friends angry? And I'm going to roll an intimidate. Okay. Oh. Marcus is going to assist wheezing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for- <laughs> I rolled a 14. Um, what do I get when aided? Uh, plus two. Plus okay, so 16. Um, yeah. Yeah. 16. Do you really think that's a... Whew. <laughs> Good idea. You're cute, you little child. But I think this is a matter for grown-ups. And he pushes you, shoves you backwards. Okay, now it's my Who is still holding okay, on to the casket? Good. Who's still holding on to the casket? I'm not, I'm not anymore. I'm not anymore, pal. set it down. Like, so, it so you guys set it down on the ground. Yeah, because because Lyra and, and Atrella can't carry it. Okay. Ow. <laughs> Jam my so were you going to do something? Table. Yes, I am now going to intimidate them. So by, by by doing standing. what? What are you going to do? By just flexing. Standing. Just by flexing? <laughs> yeah, just gonna flex. I'm going to flex flexing. my pecs very hard at them. 24. <laughs> okay. Oh. Are you flexing them in time with the piano? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mourner's music. The dirge. <laughs> and uh, you, you flex, and your muscles begin to bulge through your shirt. 
and Gibbs takes a step backwards and the, the rest of the men behind him look at him and they waver as well. And Gibbs, Gibbs, uh, he, you know, he takes one step back and he continues speaking. Well, we don't like it. We don't like it one bit. If anything happens at all, if anything bad happens, it'll be on you. Yeah, 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 whatever. Just get out of here. <laughs> Fine. And they grab their pitchforks and their torches and they, they leave down a different path in the cemetery. And Kendra turns to you guys and I'm so sorry that happened. I don't I don't even know why they were here. I this is the first I've heard of necromancy and my father in the same sentence. I I don't understand these accusations. Let's just hope we can finish this burial with, without any further interruptions. And so you guys go back and you pick up the casket again and you begin carrying it down and you you turn on to the second path that Kendra described that called the Eversleep. And uh, and down at the end you, of the path you see you see uh, a man dressed in, in uh, priest clothing and then two uh, two acolytes basically standing next to him and they're all holding shovels and so you guys just assume that they're they're there to actually bury the casket so you approach the grave and you set the and and then the the father he he directs you to to place the casket next to the next to the the hole the actual hole uh and and shakes all of your hands thanks you all for being there and, uh, and he, he, uh, you know, he's kind of running the, the things. He's like a funeral director at this point. And he, he gets up in front of you all and he, <coughs> he's a really old wrinkly guy and goes up, he clears his throat. <coughs> it's, uh, it is so sad to learn that, it was so sad to learn that Petros passed away. But I know through the the divine blessing of Farasma that uh, that uh, Petros will find peace in the afterlife. Kendra, would you like to say any final words before we lay your father to rest one last time? And she stands up in front of you all and she, you know, she starts to, she begins to cry, but she kind of keeps it together. She's, you know, it's hard. You can tell it's hard. And she, she begins telling you all about how much she loved her father and and that uh, he was such a good man, and that she will really—I will really miss him. And I know that the world has lost a little bit of light today, without my father's presence in it. Whatever happens to him in the next life, I know it will be good. My father—my father was a great man. Would any of you like to say some final words before we lay my father to rest one last time? And she opens up the the speaking area to any of you that want to say any final words. And Artrilla has prepared on her long journey so she steps up to the the graveside and she sings a lovely ballad because that is one of her many talents as a, as a bardic gnome. And in the ballad you hear these words sung beautifully in beautiful soprano. Thank you for the knowledge you shared. Thank you for the way you cared. Thank you for the stories you told. 
my brave, courageous friend so bold. Roll a perform check. 20. Natural 20. 20. Natural, Natural 20. 20. 20. For the mom. Hold on, hold on. There's no flops here. Moment's gone, Zach. Thanks. Hooray! <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> ruined. It he, was a good song. <laughs> he started dancing and unplugged the, the phone. <laughs> and my wrist got caught on the cable. He got really into the Natural 20 dance. <laughs> But uh, with your excellent performance, Kendra begins to cry. You made her cry. Do and have... I don't quite understand that, so I don't really know what to say to her. Because I don't understand those kind of emotions very well. Do you, do you say anything else? No, I just step away okay. and let somebody else come to the graveside. Does anyone else approach the graveside? Uh, Min will go up. Min goes up and says, Petros... As many of you know, has huge Mondo Mama brains. And I'm sure we've talked about them to death, so... I won't waste any more time, but... One thing that makes Petro such a great friend to me is that... He never treated me different because of my size or the way that I look. He always talked to me serious, talks to me seriously, and... Really makes me feel like I could one day be as smart and as good at all this magical stuff that I'm still learning as he is. And because of everything he's taught me, I feel like I'm very close. And I will pay him back someday, I promise. Thank you, man. My father, he was a great teacher. He taught many people in his travels and... I know that his teachings will live on, even though he is no longer here. Does anybody else approach the graveside? Um, I just kind of walk up and place a hand on his casket, and I say, rest in peace, old friend, and then I walk away. Sweet and simple. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else? Okay. I don't think so, no. Okay. So, Kendra... Uh, approaches the casket one more time and she she leans over and gives it a kiss and uh, she whispers a goodbye father and uh, father father Grimborough he he motions to you all to uh, begin lowering the casket it's going to take all of you to do it so there's there's two ropes laid over the ca- over the the hole and you you place the casket on top of the ropes and then you lower it in that way and then uh, you just you throw the ropes in. And uh, and then uh, Kendra takes a handful of dirt and throws it into the hole, and she she gestures for everybody else there to to grab a handful of dirt and and throw it in the hole, and you you begin to do that, and uh, and after afterwards, uh, Father Grimbrough and his two acolytes they they begin shoveling the dirt, and uh, and Kendra loses it once more. She begins crying again. And uh, and turns to the man that helped you uh, carry the casket and gives him a, a hug and whispers something in his ear, something you can't quite hear. And and they both they both laugh and smile. And uh, she turns to the rest of you and she she uh, she gestures at him. And she introduces you to him. She says, "This is this is my this is one of my father's uh, pupils." It's, 
one of his, his former students, as well as a great colleague of my father. Uh, this is... One sec. Um, Stalling yeah. while the GM finds his notes. <laughs> this is... Adivion Adrasen. And, uh, and he, he shakes all of your hands and it is a pleasure to meet you all. I'm, I'm so glad I've, I've finally gotten the opportunity to meet you. I, I do hope our paths cross again, cross again in the future. I learned a lot about you from the professor. He, he told me about all, all different kinds of adventures in his travels. I learned more than I ever hoped to learn from the professor. And I, I hope that I can... I can honor him in this life by continuing his legacy and, and his teachings and spreading knowledge throughout all of Galarian. Thank you all so much for being here. And it was a it was a privilege to to carry carry his casket. If movies have taught me anything, he's the murderer. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That's what makes you think that? <laughs> my first thought was he did it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, my initial instincts are just it was him. You guys are all terrible. We are at a funeral right now. Jeez. Did we even suspect foul play yet? <laughs> and we don't even know if Petros had a butler. True. True. Hold all till the, the butler. Hold all opinions until the butler is present. There <laughs> And uh, so, so he he shakes all of your hands, and uh, and, you, and he has the same look on his face that Kendra did—the look of recognition and admiration that, that he's finally getting to meet the people in the professor's stories. And uh, could be, because before before that, that's all they were to Kendra and and Adivion. They were just they were just stories. They didn't have any actual actual factual evidence to uh, to. Um, to uh, base these stories on, and so just the fact that you're all here, I think, is a huge uh, blessing to Kendra and and Adivion because they, uh, you know, they're they're finally able to see uh, the basically the fruits of Petros's labor, um, and so so he thanks you all and tells you once again what a privilege it was to carry carry Petros's body to to rest one last time and. And he thanks Kendra for the invitation, and and he just kind of, kind of meanders away. Uh, he he says his one last goodbye to the professor. He walks up to the the graveside, and and you guys can't really hear him. He's he's just kind of whispering to the professor, and uh, and just walks out of the cemetery. Uh, and uh, and and Kendra, she she uh, introduces you to the rest of the people. She she introduces you to this rather large man. And, and and says that his name is uh, Vashian Hearthmount. He's a, he's the councilman, one of the councilmen's. She introduces you to another councilman. He's he's quite younger than Vashian, and uh, his name is Gayrin. And uh, he's quite he, quite a bit younger. Uh, he's very very fit as well. Oh, you're um, gonna say quite a bit gay. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's canon now. <laughs> What's his name? Gar- Garin. Garin. Garin is gay. <laughs> Make sure you mark that on his sheet. Yeah, it's on his sheet. Oh there's a spot on uh, your sheet for sexual preference, I think. There is not. I think there is. <laughs> uh, she introduces you to the tavern uh, owner. His name is 
is Zokar Elkarid and his son Pevrin. And then lastly, she introduces you to this this older lady. Uh, great, she's gray hair, and uh, introduces you to her as as Jominda, and says that she is the town apothecary. And uh, and again, you guys are just kind of you, you guys understand now. The reason there aren't very many people here, it's because of the superstition that was going on with Petros, that people believed he was a necromancer. And so she she pulls all of you together and thank you all for being here. I know I know the rumors about my father might have scared a lot of people off, but I'm so grateful that you're all able to be here and and say your, your final goodbyes to my father. And... The, and so the rest of them, they, they approach Kendra one last time and they, they shake her hand and tell her how sorry they are and and uh, how much they're going to miss uh, Petros. And and she, uh, she approaches you after everyone has left and she says, I would like you all to come back to my father's house. He, for some reason, wanted you all there when his will was read. I would be honored if you would join me for the reading of his will. What do you say? I would like to go. So you all just kind of nod your consent? Is there going to be food? Because last time I was at one of these things, there was food. I did not plan anything. At this point, Atrilla takes his hand and says, Come along, let's go, little one. (laughs) She's his new handler. Yeah, she's handling him today. She just finds Where's him handler? very interesting, so she wants to keep, kind of keep him close to see what else he's going to sure, say. Sure, yeah. yeah. I can help. I can help make the food. <laughs> she met. She's met halflings before, but not one quite like men. And in it's the morning, I'm making waffles. I'm making waffles. <laughs> so you all begin walking back to her house, and uh, it's quite a ways, basically on the opposite side of town, and... Uh, as you, you you walk through the town, you pass through the town square and you notice uh, uh, in the town square there's there's quite a bit going on. There's this old dog there. Um, lots of people just kind of running around the tavern. You notice uh, Zolkar is is walking back into his tavern and his son is, is following him in there as well. Uh, just people from the funeral going back. Uh, town, square, town, town square seems to be the busiest part of town. And you walk directly through it uh, to get to the house. And once you arrive at the house, you notice that it's it's very modest. The you know the professor the professor liked knowledge more than anything else, and and uh, and he always thought that uh, he'd be able to take his knowledge with him after he died. And and he also believed that knowledge would be able to go a lot farther than than material possessions would. And so that's why he liked to learn and teach people so much. And uh, and you guys go into the house and you you all sit down in the in the front room and and you're, she she says that you're waiting for Council uh, Council Vashi and Hearthmount to come and read the will. Um, and so she says, while we're waiting, I I would like to to hear it from you all. I know my father told me, but I'd like to like to reminisce and just just have you all. Tell me once again, how is it that you you met my father, P- Perod? How how, how did you, how did you meet my father? So uh, I came across him on the side of a road many many years ago, and um, 
he... Uh, I, I guess he saw that I was a slayer and bounty hunter, and he hired me to retrieve a magical crystal for him. Um, but this was many years ago, so I can't remember every detail, but there are some major ones there. Okay. Very descriptive, man. Very descriptive, me. I know. <laughs> and uh, Artrilla raises an eyebrow because that name, Parad, now is starting to sound familiar to her. You mean you finally know how to say it? So <laughs> I do! Yay! <laughs> Yay! There has been so much controversy on how to pronounce this name. <laughs> Only from I've her, been the though. Worst. Only from Mom. Yes, it's been the worst thing. She'll ask, and then everyone else will ask. The it. worst name ever. Okay. Kendra looks at you and she's. Did my father ever tell you what what that crystal was? Uh, he did not. Hmm. I would I would like to know. I don't even know what happened to it. I would like to find it. Maybe maybe it's in his study. I would like to know what happened to that crystal. Maybe one day we'll find out. Marcus. Yes, little lady. <laughs> my father told me the most interesting story about he met you. I'd like to hear it from your perspective, though. Would you care to share it with everybody else? Well, that depends. What have you heard? <laughs> I heard that you saved his life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I suppose I can tell you the story. A story? I love stories. Thank you. So there I was sitting in the back of a local tavern in... It was back in Varesia, I believe. Tavern by the name of the Foaming Jugs. <laughs> Let me say that again. Foaming Jugs. <laughs> Make sure everybody heard that. <laughs> we, we, heard we got it. it. We, we got it. it, Marcus. <laughs> Men's like looking around. What's so funny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor naive Men. Artrilla's actually busting a gut. She's holding her side. She thinks it's so funny. All right. And uh, I lost my train of thought. Tavern called the Foaming Jugs. I got to say that one more time. We, we got that part. We got, yeah. <laughs> we got that part. When, well, your father, he came, he came walking in, and I don't know what he did to raise the ire of the two men that came in after him, but I saw one of them draw a blade, and... Well, my mouth started to move faster than I could. You'll notice that's a running theme with me. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> Nobody asked you, you stupid halfy. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Case Insulting in point. Insulting the really buff half-orc. <laughs> I didn't think Marcus was low on intelligence points. <laughs> I don't know what he did to rouse the ire of these men but like I said I saw Blade and I started to talk sorry I went up to them and I said hey what do you boys think you're doing drawing a blade on this man do you have any idea who you're talking to right now and they said yeah he's just some putz from Oosterlav <laughs> and oh no I don't know mate no, no. You see, who you're talking to right now, the genuine Jade Regent himself. 
So now our trill is really laughing. <laughs> this is funnier than the name of the tavern. The genuine Jade Regent himself. <gasps> Petros is the Jade Regent? <laughs> no, you little nit. It's Marcus. <laughs> What's the Jade Regent? <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> she bats him on the head. <laughs> and they bought it. And a uh, couple hours went by. Me and your father, we we cleaned them out. Playing some cards, we took everything they had. Including their clothes. <laughs> no, not the clothes. <laughs> I did take those ni- those pretty little knives of theirs, though. They turned ah. quite the profit. But that's our story. My father always did say you were a man with words. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not winded from carrying his dead body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Marcus, you are so classy. <laughs> So close. Actually, Artrill is really starting to, li- to warm up to Marcus at this point now. <laughs> Min, my father was always very interested in you. What, uh, how did you meet my father initially? Oh, I like to go to his lectures whenever I hear he's in the area and I'm passing through on my pathfinding duties and I hear that he's in town. I like to go and listen to what he has to say about magical theory. Wait, 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 wait. You're a Pathfinder? Yeah, but I'm not very good at it. My venture captain calls me, what's what's that word he used? Unreliable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, 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 incorrigible. Incorrigible. That's what he calls me. Our trail is losing it again. <laughs> She's finding this whole thing highly amusing. All right, then. I think that is what my father loved most about you is your, your thirst for, for learning. Is is what uh, what he always told me. So I I know that that uh, you are very special to my father. Uh, Artrilla, um, how did you meet the professor? Okay, before Artrilla starts talking, meanwhile while Min was talking, she took his little teacup and she put a lot of salt in it just to see what would happen when Min drank his tea. <laughs> and Min hasn't taken a sip yet. Yeah. Not yet. He's just, Not he's yet. Waiting. I'll but Artrilla's Artrilla's patient. So uh Ken- Kendra, I-, I met your father. Uh oh gosh, I can't even remember the city now. I'm on so many caravans. It's not so much the city. It was him that stuck out with me. And he, he was walking by when I was doing one of my performances one day. And I just finished my song. And I was going to um, start my caricatures. That's what I do to make money. I, I draw caricatures. And he was so funny looking. He had that big honking nose, didn't he, Kendra? Kind of like yours. But, you know, <laughs> so I thought, that oh is God. what I need to do. I need to draw this funny looking man. So I, I brought him up and said I was going to draw a free one for him. And he was actually a really good sport, which surprised me. Because most of my people have come up, I don't know why, but they're not the best of sports so usually they get huffy and I sell off their caricatures for lots of money because everybody thinks they're funny like me so he came up and he was such a good sport and everyone seemed to know him in the area so I I sold his caricature for like oh my goodness I can't even remember how much gold I got it's quite exciting um can't remember what I spent it on but it was exciting and uh we kind of hit it off after that because I just loved his sense of humor. And then he told me a story. And then he told me another story. And I was hooked. 
And we have been the best of friends ever since. Anytime he comes in the caravan that I'm in, we go off and have ourselves a little venture. But he always shared his books with me. I just enjoy that about him. He's a good sport, though. I just love a good sport. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm going to miss him so much. I hope you have the same sense of humor as him, Kendra, because your dad was a good man. Well, thank you, Artrilla. I know that he... He loved sharing stories, and that was that was probably his favorite thing to do, especially with with me. I I can I know that firsthand. Uh, bedtime stories were my favorite thing, and my father was the best at telling them. So I'm I'm glad that that somebody else got to enjoy his stories as much as I did. Thank you, Artrilla. And Lyra, where did you meet the professor? Uh, there were a few uh, cities and towns outskirting Ustalov where I had gone from university to university or library to library where he was giving lectures. And I kind of, uh, the first time I stumbled upon one of his, his little lectures, I, I enjoyed it enough to kind of follow him around. And I think after the third or fourth time, he noticed that I had been to almost every lecture in, in, in the same week. And I, I guess you could say I came, became more of a teacher's pet after that. And, and he shared quite a bit with me and I learned a That's lot. funny, Lass. That's what he called me too. He's teacher's pet. Sure he did. Wow. <laughs> sure he did. Sure he did, yeah. yeah whatever he you say did, there. my lass. He did. <laughs> me and you, we're the same now. Wow, look at us. I'm like an elf. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> do I get a portrait too? Like, for free? I can totally do your portrait. I love those pointy ears. Oh, sweet. But I don't do nothing for free. <laughs> what about high, high fives and hugs? Oh, that, that could be payment. I'm good with that. That's I me. didn't say That's payment me. had to be gold. Okay. I'll kneel down real low. For high fives and hugs. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good sense Cue of humor the sexy too. I music. like it. <laughs> I like good sense of humor. I do. I would like to point out to everybody listening at home that Jessica is actually wearing pointy ears right now. <laughs> yeah, She's wearing cat ear headphones. Cat ear headphones. They're quite festive. <laughs> Uh, by now, Min's taken a sip of his tea, and he looks visibly nauseated, but he's still <laughs> drinking it and, like, holding back tears. Which is just cracking <laughs> up our again. <laughs> so you guys are, are reminiscing, sharing memories of the professor, and, and in the middle of this, you hear a knock at the door. And uh, Kendra rushes over to open the door, and, and in walks the very large man that you saw at the funeral, uh, Vashian Hearthmount. And he, he, there's like a, there's like a small table in the sitting area and, and he stands in front of it and you guys are all seated around it. And he, he pulls out the will from his, his, uh, inside breast pocket and unrolls it. And as he does so, a key falls and hits the table. We'll see you next week. Oh. I was just about to grab the key. (laughs) 